Hey there, welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name's Josh. And I'm Steve. Together we invite you to join us as we explore the mysteries of Scripture, the realm of God, and freedom through Christ. So spread out your wings. And slither in place. Because this is Snakebird. Hey, welcome Snakebirds to a fresh episode of the cast. Our format today finds us walking on the weird side, discussing things in the Bible that could be easily defined as odd, strange, peculiar, or just downright unusual. That's right, we've come to another Weird in the Word. That's right, Snakebirds. We hope you're ready for another Weird in the Word, as this is no doubt a grave mystery. It revolves around an almost unbelievable event, and the topic is about the walking dead. You bring in the dad jokes right away. (laughs) Not the AMC hit TV series, but the bodies of saints that rose from their graves after Jesus breathed his last on the cross. So... Needless to say, this is going to be a fascinating topic. Yeah. When I was doing my notes, I almost put the waking dead, and I was like, wait, that still works. (laughs) Yeah, it does, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's a pretty interesting one. Um, I think I we were talking about this. I came across this in my daily one-year Bible reading in the end of Matthew, and I was like... Man, I've always wondered about that verse, and no it's doubt. just completely, you know, enraptured my thoughts at times. That was, like, I think, that was the quickest episode we agreed on. Like, you said that we were like, "What should we do next?" You're like, "Let's do another weird in the word." And you were like, "How about this?" I was like, "Yes." Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. just like we both. That, that's a good one. Yeah, we're not, okay. No, no debate. No, like <laughs> we <long>. both always <laughs> wanted to do that. one. Yeah, no text discussion. Like, where are we going to go with this? Like, we're just like, yes, yeah, that's we'll do definitely. That weird and we're definitely doing it yeah yeah for sure yeah and the uh if you're not familiar with it the event is like i said after jesus died on the cross we had people that that came out of tombs and walked mm-hmm. around they rose from the dead they were dead saints and um it's it's just a it's a crazy thing to think about but mm-hmm. that's yeah we're gonna get into it yeah I was uh, just trying to set the scene in my head, and I was like, okay, Jesus was tried, convicted, sentenced to capital punishment, and executed in a time frame of less than 12 hours. After he died through crucifixion, which was absolutely terrible. He gave up his spirit, cried out, it is finished. And from there, some pretty wild things happened. Yeah. And we should probably go through some of the the first things, weird things that happened after that event before we had the zombies coming out of the tomb. <laughs> zombies. <laughs> well, yeah, and you say that. Okay, I just I'd love to say this because it's always ending up in my notes, especially with these weird in the words. Yeah, I love doing these episodes because they recontextualize how I read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Because there's times where I've read this verse and I have this presupposition of what's gone on, what these people look like, the chronology of when these things happened. Yeah, and oftentimes these episodes are redefining how I see Scripture through the lens of context and and through um, just study. Yeah, that's true. I, I remember you you mentioned in one of our previous episodes about um, in Bible college, y'all learned when you're preparing to teach something that you you dissect it with the possible smells that they were mm-hmm. smelling and the what it looked like and all that. And there was a lot of stuff that led up to these people walking out of those tombs. Yes. Yeah. And at times I've not done that because like this totally <laughs> came to life. Oh, man, there's another pun right there. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, this totally resurrected in my mind of how I look at uh, even these short two or three verses. Yeah. And... I guess the first thing that happened was there was darkness, wasn't mm-hmm. there, Josh? Yes. Um, I think it says the sixth hour. Um, 
darkness fell upon the land uh, until the ninth hour. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and go through kind of the order that things happen, and then we can like maybe jump back and dissect them. And sure. Do it that yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there was darkness then. And it, it really seemed like God was making some blunt statements with these signs that happened after Jesus, you know, concluded his ministry on the cross. And the, there was the darkness. And then the next thing we see is the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a major and clear statement to the people of that time. I mean, one commentator writes the following about what this veil was. The veil's primary function was to separate the holy place from the holy of holies. This separation is at the heart of the entire priestly code of the sacrificial system to separate between the unclean and the clean. So this veil being torn was a clear statement from God that the old system is now done away with, torn from top to bottom by God himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, One commentator writes that this veil was 60 feet high, 30 feet wide, and 10 inches thick, and it took 300 priests to hang it up. So when it was torn from top to bottom, there was no question who did it. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in hindsight, it's highly suggestive of the new covenant we now know where the whole world is invited to partake in the presence of God, uh, at least those who accept the invitation. So this was a major, major statement. Yes. Yeah, this isn't a strongman competition tearing a phone book in half. Yeah, there's no... I mean, I just the gravity of the strength that would take for like forklifts with chains driving separate directions, you know? (laughs) I mean, it was so clear God was making a statement. (laughs) Yeah, I'm in construction, so I'm actually thinking about how I would tear the veil. I was thinking like some priest is like, well, I got it started, you know, and he's all like flexing, you know? (laughs) With their hard hats? Yeah. Oh, mercy. What's that priest's name? Maximus. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. That's great. So um, the, the veil was torn and uh and then the next thing that happened was the earth shook and rocks were split uh this is cool because if you recall the last covenant that god made with israel at mount sinai he showed up on that mountain with the ground shaking just like this scene where the new covenant was revealed Um, god's making himself known to the jews through the torn veil and the quaking ground and he's working in this moment and the gentiles are now included in that age-old promise Mm -hmm. to their father abraham where the whole world's going to be blessed through him you know Mm -hmm. and so jesus takes that last breath and we got darkness we got the veil torn we've got the ground quaking yeah and it's just this this intense um what you said several hours i guess yes where these things are just systematically god is saying time has come yeah well, and it almost seems like creation is mourning the loss of its creator that's, on the cross as well. Too. And yeah. uh, that three hours is uh, what a lot of commentators or Christians call the crucifixion within the crucifixion, where it's like just sin. The whole sin of mankind was being poured out on Jesus during that time. Yeah. And he was experiencing that anguish of the separation from the Father. Yeah, and um, that earthquake. I mean, I, again, you just have to think about what magnitude it would have been in that area mm-hmm. for um, tombstones to to crack or stones to roll away, yes. for graves to be opened, 
And you that made earthquake me... might have had something to do with it. Yeah, <laughs> Captain. <Poe>. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hello once again, Captain Obvious. You made me think of the earthquake. I think it's in Revelation chapter six, where um, it says that the face of the earth is going to be almost reshaped, like mountains won't be oh, where they yes. were. And, yeah. And there's the wicked people that are like they're calling out to the mountains to fall on them because who can hide them from the wrath of the lamb. And I was thinking of, you were talking about earthquakes happening at times of revelation from the Lord. And it just brought to memory that one. But yeah, no, that's um, that's a good one too. When I, when I was looking at this, I was like, okay, I want to just see how, um, I guess harmonious the gospels are on some of these events. Yeah. And so I started looking and I was like, okay, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all have the darkness. So that's pretty interesting to see that. And then the veil torn, again, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all talking about that. Now the earthquake and our subject today, old me Matthew. Old me Matthew. <laughs> yeah. He was With the, the walking dead people. Yes, exactly. He, uh, he just felt the necessity to include that. And I'm so thankful that he did because it, it brings an extra light to how things went during the crucifixion. But yeah. it's just wild because we have such a limited piece of information about this particular happening Yes, that there's only so much we can pull from it. And I've noticed that, you know, that's one of the curses that we go through with our weird in the word, because, you know, at times we're just given such limited information. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I love uh, what Matthew Henry said about this. And I just thought it was a funny quote. He goes, this matter is not related so fully as our curiosity would wish. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, that's 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 pretty much that's right on. (laughs) It really is. It's true because we we don't always get all the information, and it's like, man, it's a cliffhanger. Yes, you know, yeah, and and you want to get to the annals of heaven, and you know, run through the files and be like, what what is this? Who? Yeah, and all these things, but. I find that in talking about them, mm-hmm. not only does it kind of stir up my heart and the hunger in my heart for more uh, mysteries of Scripture, as we would say, but it also, again, um, it just adds so much flavor and so much color to the pages of Scripture that I feel like sometimes we don't get and grasp in our just um, mundane reading of it as we can fall into. I know that I can fall into just, okay, read your devotion and don't put a lot of thought into how things are. And and that's not something that I want to do. I want to make sure that I read it in the, in the, the thought of like what's happening in this specific instance. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah, I do as well. And it's, it's easy to fall into that, but um, one thing I did want to mention real quick. Sorry, I didn't mean to sound dismissive of you. No, not at all. No. <laughs> I, before I forgot my thought, I wanted to mention. Um, so we we just said that Matthew was the only one that recorded um, these these people, these saints that were raised from their tombs, and that's caused some people um, to be skeptical of. And we're going to get into that here in a little bit. But uh, I, I did want to mention, you know. After Jesus died, one of the things we know happened is they scattered. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't know who went where, uh, the specifics of all that, but the, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all saw different things after Jesus died. And so I I don't know if Matthew's the only one that saw the walking dead Mm -hmm. or if the others 
they saw something, the Spirit moved them to record something mm-hmm. that in their mind to their audience that they were trying to reach, they needed them to understand something else a little bit more. You know, you and so if you're out there and you, you're thinking uh, like some skeptics do, which like I said, we'll get into that here in a little bit, uh, that uh, why did only one person record this? Mm-hmm. Um, the, keep that in mind. They scattered and, they, and there was other there was things that the others didn't see. And it was just a, you know, it's one of those things I thought I'd mention. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really interesting to bring because I could see where somebody who is skeptical would go, well, well why is it in the other stories? Yeah, yeah. And um, maybe, like you said, Matthew felt like that was very pertinent to his audience. Yeah. And it was something that he'd personally, on a, on a personal nature, experienced. But um, maybe Peter hadn't because <laughs> yeah. we know that. After what happened with him and Jesus, he kind of deuced out. He was yeah, like, he "I'm did. going, I'm going back to to fish." Exactly. He he was around because he said he was at the tomb, but we, yeah, we don't know what his mindset was or if he yeah. kind of went and maybe just went and found a place to cry and and contemplate life well, for a little and, while. And also, we don't, and we'll get into this too, but we don't know what these dead people looked like. We no. don't know. Some people might have recognized them. Some people might have not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so we, we don't know what area they came out of the tombs. Yes. Uh, or maybe they did. Maybe they got that pinpointed. I don't know. But we know that they went into Drew. Maybe there's a cemetery that they know that was the area. <laughs> yeah. But um, we, we know they went into, and we'll get into it, into Jerusalem yeah. um, after they came out. But there's just so many unknowns, like you said. Mm-hmm. And that that's kind of the struggle when we do the weird in the words, yes. like you said. Well, I like that even as you're working out some of these things, you're like asking the questions that we're asking in this yeah. episode going, well, we can speculate. And, and that's, yeah. again, I feel like even the beauty of just speculation of not necessarily having to land on, an, on a clear-cut answer, yeah. but being able to just talk about it. Exactly, yeah. We don't have to have answers to things that God just simply didn't give us all yeah. the details on. Yeah, but it does spurn um, discussion, and it does lead us further along in our uh, love for God and our just study of His Word. And it grows our faith. As uh-huh. we, as exactly, we yeah. All right, so... Josh, uh, where, where do you have anything you want to add next before I, because I have some ideas about the timing of when they came out and all that. Do you want to jump into anything before I go into that? Why don't we read the verses That's specifically? Good, we, we haven't even read it, have No, we, we haven't yet. <laughs> so why don't we read the verses and then we'll start getting into the stuff. Yeah, into that the, sounds good. Into the weeds. That's right. <laughs> Matthew 27 51 through 53, it says, Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, and coming out of the graves after his resurrection. They went into the holy city and appeared to many. Yeah. That's pretty pretty blunt. It is. Like it happened. Yeah. <laughs> but there are a few words that I missed in in just reading it over and over or kind of becoming uh we talked about nose blindness. Yeah. I feel like you can become uh text familiar. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. where you maybe don't read the every single detail because there was a time where I had let it slip my mind that it was actually saints. That it says that they're holy people that were resurrected. And so I had... Um, Does it not? 
Does it not say that? No, it does say that. But oh, I, oh, like okay. I said, I had let it. I got slip. super confused. Oh. <laughs> I <was laughs> no, like, I I used to think it said saints, but it no, doesn't. I was it like, does. Oh no, it does. Mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'd let that slip, and then also it says, um, "and coming out of the graves after his resurrection," which leads to a chronological discussion yeah. and debate. And I thought, wow, that's something that I hadn't considered before, because again, just in my my mind, I painted a picture of darkness and then all of a sudden an earthquake and then in Jerusalem people were like we just killed the king of kings and like there's all these uh, zombies walking around not going brains but like you messed up you know it's just like (laughs) a a massive climax of events all happening right then yeah but chronologically that's not even what this verse presents Mm -hmm. so uh, I feel like I'm always admitting like how dumb I am on this podcast (laughs) whatever you know it's me (laughs) (laughs) but I'm like yeah, I didn't read it right, so I failed the test, you know. Yeah. So it's really neat. And just, uh, can I talk about the holiness, the the saints for a second? Yeah, absolutely. So that word, I wanted to go and look at the, the Greek word. Um, that word is holy or hygios. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. But um, it also says that word again when it talks about went into the holy city, which is referring to Jerusalem. So that word holy is used, I think, 229 times in the New Testament. Oh, wow. But it just refers to somebody who is holy. And so um, I think we'll get into the who aspect of who these might be. But it just, that stood out to me um, as I was preparing for this because I was like, it's not just anyone. It was actually somebody who God knew the state of their heart. That's one area that I, I didn't even go into. So I'm looking forward to that because yeah. I, d- I didn't think to to look into who they might be. Okay. Yeah. So that's cool. Again, it's all speculation, but I really feel like there's some interesting theories. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for those. Um, so real quick, let's jump into this um, idea that we talked about with the chronology. Okay. Um, there's a couple schools of thought on the timing of when these saints were raised and came out of the tombs. Uh, some scholars lean towards the NIV translation that suggests the bodies were raised after Jesus' death, but Mm -hmm. then came out of the tombs after Jesus rose. Whereas some other scholars point to 1 Corinthians 15.23 that talks about the order of the resurrection and that Jesus, he's the first fruit offering to God and then it tells the rest in order. Mm. Um, And that verse 23 says, but each in turn, Christ, the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. And so the, the question arises, if these saints came out of their tombs after Jesus died, because remember, Jesus didn't raise until three days later, mm-hmm. um, then they, would that mean they're the first fruits? Yeah. And so there's some, and there's a few things that we need to talk about in this realm, but I mean, that's kind of the debate, isn't it, Josh? Yeah. Well, and I can say, you know, with kind of a clear conscience, that's where this verse got me with the chronology, because it's like happening right here at the end of the crucifixion, but then it's referring to events that happen three days later. Yeah. And so it's like you don't read the time jump right there. Mm -hmm. It's it's hard. I'm I'm talking for myself. No, but you don't. Yeah. Yeah. So the question is raised, were these saints 
given their resurrection bodies or were they simply raised in their earthly bodies? Okay. Because that really does make a difference in the topic of first fruits. If they were given their resurrection bodies before Jesus rose, that would suggest they would be the first fruits. Mm -hmm. Um, Or were they raised just like Lazarus in the girl in Luke 8 or the boy in Luke 7? Um, Back in their earthly bodies were these... Were these saints just another miracle to kickstart the faith in the early church? Yes. And then they had their natural death again, just like Lazarus and all the rest of mm-hmm. them. So that's kind of the question that, that I was asking, because I, I think that might make a difference. Yeah. What, what, what do you think, Josh? Okay, so going back to the, the chronology and the question, yes. uh, some people have talked about how if they resurrected right at the time of Jesus's death, when the earthquake happened and um, all of a sudden these tombstones are ripped open or these graves are ripped open and they resurrected, but they weren't given their glorified bodies because Christ is the first fruit. Did they hang out in their tombs for three days before then emerging after the resurrection to be seen? From what I saw, that's what the NIV translation suggests. That's that's exactly what one commentator uh, mentioned. That's yeah. Wearsby, I think, said that. Um, okay, so another thing would be if they are in their glorified bodies, then did the resurrection power that like emanated out of Jesus' tomb just all of a sudden wash over these nearby grave sites and tombstones and all that and just like raise them up with him. Ooh, that's a thought. Isn't that? That's a thought. Yeah, like, I don't know. I just, I could just see like this energy wave coming from where Jesus resurrected and just washing over these areas in the cemetery and all of a sudden saints are are coming up. That reminds me of of like a bullet. I've come from a hunting background, but like a bullet when it when it goes by, yes. There's there's an area around it as it's traveling in its you know extreme velocity okay. that it affects every you know that portion yeah. around it. And like I awake. Wonder, yeah, I, I, there's oh. a word. There's <laughs> a, awake. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's a word for it. Uh, I can't I can't believe I can't remember it. But anyway, I that's Jesus coming out of the grave with that resurrection power. Yeah. It reminds me of, of like a bullet just coming in that that force of yes of just power yeah that's crazy to think about. Well, you made me think of like a stone thrown in a in a pond yeah. and the the wave coming out from that, which the biggest ripples near it. Yes, yeah, which would be quite awake as well. The, you're, you're catching up. Uh, I'm, <laughs> you're catching yeah, up. Yeah, the puns they're coming out, aren't they? But that's so, fascinating to think about. Yeah. And again, resurrected bodies. And this was a challenge to my thought on what did they look like? Because, yeah. you know, when you hear resurrected bodies, of course, you do think of like walking dead and there's people with their heads tilted sideways. Or, yeah. Or maybe they've experienced some sort of corrosion from being, you know, buried and all that. And like, you know, their knuckles are looking really gross. Yeah. But in... in if they were in resurrected bodies, then I think there'd be complete restoration. Yeah. And I, I just, I don't know if it'd be the best representation of Jesus's resurrection. If it's some dude who's lost his arm and he's just like, 
let me tell you about Jesus. <laughs> well, I also think, though, too, about Jesus' healings before he died. Uh-huh. I mean, when he healed people and rose people back from the dead, they were given, and, and a lot of times we see, uh, like, baby skin. Yes. So, like, yeah. they, they can, I, I wonder if there's a possibility they, they could have been raised in their earthly bodies, and just like those people prior, they could have had, you know, just their earthly bodies. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you think of Lazarus, they're like, yeah, he's going to stink. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They, what they expected it was him to be decayed and all that, uh-huh. and, and he didn't. Yeah. So I want him to just so curious. But what if they were like telling Lazarus he's got to get down to the Jordan right away to wash because he did kind of you know. Yeah, I don't know. Smell. <laughs> I don't. I don't either. There's so there's so many things I think about with this, you know. Yeah. Well, and okay, because then um, that leads to the question of what's their fate to come. But let me throw this little stone in the water. Okay. Is that this kind of comes back to that whole cremation debate, whereas people that have been cremated are worried about their bodies being resurrected because they're yeah. like, yeah. how how do I know I'm going to have my body once, you know, I'm raised again? And <laughs> <laughs> okay, can I can I share something real quick? Oh, sure. So I, I heard a sermon by Skip Heitzig once, and he was talking about this very thing that you just mentioned. And he was like, come on, guys, you know, I don't think that God is going to have any trouble, the creator of the universe, mm-hmm. uh, finding the atoms and putting you back together if you were cremated. It's not. And then at the end of his little spiel, he said... Uh, me and my wife have chosen to be buried. <laughs> he went off on this like, no, I, if you had relatives that did this, don't worry. But at the end, he's like, we've chosen to be buried, though. <laughs> oh, my God. And he didn't mean it that no. way. But the, when I, the way I heard it, I was like. That's hilarious. That's suggestive, yeah, though. <laughs> yeah. That's like that joke where scientists come to God and they're like, we found out that we can use everything that we need to build a human body and we'll have a, you know, we'll do a challenge between us and you. And God's like, okay. And, and they're like, well, we just need some dirt. And he's like, get your own dirt. Yeah. You know, (laughs) make the dirt. (laughs) Yeah. You make the dirt and then we can have this contest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's it, it raises question after question because mm-hmm. you got, you got the cremation thing and then all of these others and it's just it's kind of a it's a conundrum. Yeah, well, okay, because again, some people are looking at this through the eyes of saying it is like Jairus's daughter, mm-hmm. it is like uh, Lazarus, it is. Uh, these instances where people were raised, but then they were only raised as a sign, but they were going to die again, yes. which they did. Now, others are saying that they were raised um, after Christ resurrected mm-hmm. and that somehow they ascended, that they were carried away in glory. So I've got two thoughts. Okay. Um, could could they have raised in their earthly bodies and then when Jesus came out, they ascended with him in their resurrected bodies? Could it have been a twofold thing? That, I know that's that's stretching the. I mean, this is all speculation. Yeah, but but no, no, Stephen. That was my. <laughs> I'm just joking. That was my first thought, and yeah. then and then my second thought led to this thought. You know, Jesus went to the belly of the earth for three days, which that's a weird in the word in itself. Uh-huh. But I have to wonder, maybe maybe some of the things that were happening down there. After he rose out of that situation, mm-hmm. people followed along, and that's what was seen. Yeah, I, I don't know. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm just, my mind's going crazy. I'm trying to wrap my head around all of it. I just have this imagination that he's like, who's around Jerusalem here? Roll call. And I'm picking my all-star team. You guys are coming with me right now. You're going to, you're going to show up and you're going to witness of me. And then you're coming with me when I ascend. Y'all, y'all go into the city and, and, and it's plant some seeds of faith. Yes. We're going up. We'll see you later. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Go show yourselves <laughs> off and talk to people, tell them what happened. And then yeah. we'll, we'll all meet up. Uh, literally in the sky. Blue 42, go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, this is one of those things where it just kind of, you know, you can picture it. Yeah. It's, it's too fascinating. It's yes. just too fascinating. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of commentators that really believe that these are glorified bodies that then went either in the ascension with Jesus at yeah. that time or ascended sometime earlier. Let me, yes, I saw that. I saw that too. Let me balance it out with a quote from Moody Bible Commentary. It says, It is impossible to say from Matthew's account if the saints were resuscitated and subsequently died or actually received their glorified resurrection bodies and somehow ascended into heaven with Jesus. Matthew may have referred to this episode to ground the resurrection of Old Testament and New Testament saints in the death and resurrection of Jesus. Mm. So, it, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of like, this maybe, this maybe, but yeah. we just don't know. You know what's really neat, though, before this? I thought they were people that just, like Lazarus, went back and died again. Yeah. I never thought that they were in their glorified, resurrected bodies. You know, I didn't either. I, that's kind of how I always pictured it. Honestly, I've never really stopped to, to care enough to dive into yeah. it. But since we did, it's, yeah. you know, I'm kind of yeah. like, well, wait, what about this? Yeah, chronologically, I thought, again, this all happened on the day of the crucifixion that they moseyed on out yeah. because of like the just the craziness that was going on. They went and they talked to them or revealed themselves to them and then went right back to the their, yeah. you know, respective tombstones, or I keep saying tombstones, respective <laughs> grave sites, yes. you know, and uh, I don't know. It's just, again, one of those things where it's really neat to think about. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And more importantly than the details we don't know, I think it just needs to be the resurrection power, mm. whether in this life or the next, that Jesus extends to us, yeah. you know, as believers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody was like, surely on them who did partake of his first resurrection, a second death had no power. So, I mean, <laughs> they're, uh, they're, they feel there's some strong thoughts on this. There, there are. There are some strong feelings on this. So, In some camps, there are hills to die on for some people. Yes, yeah. Um, can we talk about the who for a second? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so I can't wait for that. There are some speculations on who this might be, and there's three different suggestions. Okay. So one thought is that it was ancient patriarchs who were buried in the land of Canaan. And this commentator speculated that Jesus had proved the doctrine of the resurrection from the instance of the patriarchs when he said in Matthew twenty-two thirty-two, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. So, oh, so yeah. possibly... Possibly those three? Yeah. Wouldn't that be weird if if it was the patriarchs who were buried in or around Canaan? No kidding. Yeah. That would have been wild. That would be completely wild. So that's one speculation. Another one is modern saints. Those who had been with Christ in the flesh but died before him, kind of like his father Joseph or Zechariah, John the Baptist's dad. 
Okay. Uh, Simeon, the guy that waited to see the baby. Yes. You know, like, yeah. I'm and then he died. Yeah. yeah. It made me think of uh, the Mandalorian. I would see the child. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love that. Um, John the Baptist, which, you know, yeah. he was always getting ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, others that have been known to the disciples. They would be a really good fit to be witnesses of Jesus's resurrection power. For sure, because people would have recognized them. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of times they would have heard the stories of the patriarchs, but not recognized them. Yeah. This would have been more. Yeah. I saw you die. Yes. You know. And this is an instance where you're like, Matthew, could you just name drop a little? <laughs> you yeah. know, can you just say somebody? If you're gonna mention this, you yeah. gotta give me a little yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. And then. Um, the third uh, thought of who it could be were Old Testament martyrs, those who had sealed the truths of God with their blood and thus were dignified and distinguished. Christ points to them as forerunners in Matthew twenty three thirty five, which says that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, the son of Berechias, whom you slew between the temple and the altar. And so, I mean, again, we don't know and we won't know until we get to heaven and we start searching into this. But I just think, man, what if it was Abraham or Isaac or Jacob? Or what if it was John the Baptist? Like, yeah. My head's back. You got new legs, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> I got taller all of a sudden. <laughs> Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it, it reminds me, too, of... Uh, that was a terrible Forrest Gump impression. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, It reminds me of the two witnesses, um, you know, because it's the same type mm-hmm. of thing. It's like, who were they? Yes. And, and it's... Man, it's, it's something to ponder, but we don't know. I don't know. Yeah. We I just don't. don't. We I, can't. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fun to talk about. Yeah, it is. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... The next thing that I have in relation to this, uh, we mentioned it earlier, you know, Matthew's the only one that recorded people coming to life. And so that has raised some skepticism. And I'm going to get into that just a little bit. There is a number of scholars out there that see Matthew's account as poetic rather than literal. Mm. Um, If you've ever looked into apologetics, you're going to be familiar with the all too often used poetic imagery sidestep that's used for scriptures that just seem too miraculous. You see it a lot. And the raised saints after Jesus' death, it's no exception. Uh, One scholar by the name of Dr. Lycona points out the following. I think what's going on here, when you look at the Greco-Roman and Jewish literature of the period, it would seem to suggest that Matthew does not mean for us to understand these in a historical sense, but he wants us to see these as what we would call portents. When Julius Caesar died, there was a number of ancient authors who reported that there was a comet, that Mount Etna erupted, that pale phantoms were seen walking around at sunset. So it makes us wonder if Matthew was doing more of the same here. Portents are always mentioned when an event of cosmic, even divine significance is said to have taken place. It might be something like we have today when we say 9-11 was an earth-shaking event. We're not meaning to communicate that the earth actually shook, that there was a giant earthquake felt around the world on 9-11. It's a figure of speech. It's a portent. 
Now, I, I have a few things to say about Dr. Lycona's interpretation of Matthew's gospel as these portents, which I thought, man, he could have really just used a word like signs. <laughs> Scholars always feel the need to say some word where you have to get the dictionary out. And you're like, there was like seven synonyms that were way more explanatory. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, it was a quote, so I had to say it. Okay. Um, Number one, I have to say that he kind of made a, a terrible decision in bringing Mount Etna into the illustration, and I don't mean to be rude about that, but think about the descriptions he gave. A comet, an eruption, pale phantoms walking around at sunset. Not to mention there were reports of other ancient authors who mentioned darkness, earthquakes, rivers stopped flowing. And think about what an actual volcanic eruption would look like. A bright explosion of lava in the sky, the ground literally quaking, ash falling on every living thing, making them look like pale phantoms, Um, the ash also causing darkness, the lava rerouting rivers. All of these things are kind of easy to consider literal. And considering that Mount Etna has erupted 200 times since 1500 BC from scientific data, it's the longest recorded volcano that's erupted like a ton of times or whatever. I probably said that not like a scientist would. (laughs) It's more believable that these descriptions are something that actually happened. Mm. Um, Perhaps the word phantom was used as an adjective to describe what an ash-covered person would look like. But it's more believable that something literal happened uh, than not when you think about it. And then the people just assign the happenings to the death of Caesar. So it, it's like, you know, ancient people always did that. Something big would happen and they would attribute it to something, yeah. even if it happened near, okay. not quite okay. right on. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things... Uh, that I wanted to bring up to to kind of wrap up this this skeptic. And I here in a minute I am going to mention I know that we can't believe everything handed down from antiquity, mm-hmm. uh, but I want to just mention this real quick. Uh, I heard an interview with a very old Native American storyteller, um, and one of the things that she said always stuck with me. The person that was interviewing her asked about an old legend about giants that had come from her people, and he was wanting to know how it started and everything. And she. She started to tell the story, and then she said, you know, it started ages ago when it actually happened. And the interviewer, he kind of laughed and and hinted, you know, those things are taught as myth now. And she responded by basically saying that she'd always found it funny that people with fancy degrees would claim to know her people's history better than they did and then teach their history as myths when they were never passed down that way. Hmm. And I've always kept that in the back of my mind when hearing a scholar stretch a simple reading into our modern understanding, because the truth is, contrary to popular belief, there's a lot of unknowns and even the not-too-distant past. Mm-hmm. And so there's probably, if if a scholar would even listen to this podcast, yeah. might be listening to this and saying, you're an idiot, that is poetry from you know the Caesar thing and all that. You, you know, maybe so, but but I, I wrap my head around all of all of that. And the way Matthew was written, it was not written like poetry. Yeah. It wasn't portents. It wasn't any of that. Yeah. I mean, he wrote about what not just he saw, but what many saw. Mm-hmm. And and it's just, it's one of those things, uh, it's, it's unfortunate that people are so afraid of the miraculous power of God that they stretch a simple reading into something that makes them feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so and maybe I was going out on a limb with bringing the uh, the Julius Caesar and the earthquake on, you know, but that's something to think about. Yeah. Oftentimes things will be labeled as myth and poetry and a poetic imagery. And the truth of the matter might be that that was actually something that happened mm-hmm. and it was attributed in a certain way. And then now, oh, we don't believe that stuff anymore. Yeah. So anyway, that's just something that, um, 
that really struck a nerve as I was looking into that because I, I saw his response as a skeptic, and I, I just I saw some flaws in it. I thought. Well, and wouldn't you think Matthew, as a writer of a book that's twenty-eight chapters, yeah, take poetic liberties in different areas as well? Exactly. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that I kept thinking too. I'm like, he, this wasn't a poetic <laughs> no, book. It's very in, in any way. This yeah. was this was a written account of what happened. Yes, you know, it'd be different if this was the Psalms. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I was gonna say a dry, informative uh, type of account, but it's more. Yeah. It's not dry. It's flat. It's just like these are the facts, ma'am. It's the dragnet. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It, it's it was a real stretch. I thought, mm-hmm. and so yeah. yeah. And, and and like I said, we we obviously have things that fall into the mythological category. We don't believe there was mentars and yes. and all of that stuff. At least I don't think there were. Do you say mentars or minotaurs? Minotaurs. That <laughs> yeah, shows how much I know about yeah. just... Greek mythology. <laughs> He's a half-man beast. <laughs> um, wow. Golly. I appreciate that you brought that view, though, because we don't want to stray away from skeptics and, and yeah feel like they don't have a voice here because they do and and you well, know this is snake bird yes exactly you know? and we're not gonna just push our agenda we're gonna bring everything and we we do our best to push god's agenda uh-huh. you know yeah but we got to address things because there's someone out there that might be affected by that skepticism yeah and uh we we just got to mention it and we don't want to hide with our heads under the covers going no that's not true you yeah. know and, and i don't want to have a faith where i can't ask questions like that exactly because you know, yes. an untested faith is an unproven faith that's right. so i've heard yes no i agree with that fully about tongue twisters <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, let me bring it up to my mentor <laughs> <laughs> Such a hillbilly representation of Greek mythology. Oh my word! They should, like some car company should come out with the Mentor. No like, kidding. Just oh man, that's funny. like like a more manly uh, hybrid or something. Yeah, the yeah. Mentor. Yeah, half truck, half Prius. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm on my last page of notes because I'm not saying much right oh. now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm essentially done. I was just thinking of, um, of course, that new song that's come out uh, within the last, I don't know, year and a half or so called Rattle. You know, this is the sound of dry bones rattling. Oh, yeah. And, you know, one commentator said that maybe Matthew had Ezekiel 37 on his mind as he was penning this going as people witness the the dead walking, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he's like, I see the bones coming back together and, yeah. and uh, a voice calling them to rise up. And then, you know, I started thinking of that song, of course, talks about just ask the bones of Elisha. And I looked up that passage and it says that as they were burying a man, suddenly they spied a band of raiders and they were like, get it, we gotta go. Yeah. And so they opened a tomb and they threw the dude in and just as he hit the bones of Elisha, this guy revived and stood on his feet. And that's all it says. It doesn't say like if he walked out and lived or, wow. but it just said that like, even we know Elijah and Elisha were very, very powerful prophets. And yeah, both of them had an instance in their ministry where they resurrected somebody from the dead. Yeah. And it looks like um, Elisha posthumously yeah. uh, raised someone as well. Not to mention Elijah's, you know, triumphal exit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- well, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. He might be one of the witnesses because he never died. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, 
it's really interesting just to parse out this whole story of, you know, did they ascend or was it a resurrection like Lazarus's and did they die again only yeah. to be raised with Jesus into life when, you know, when all that's going to happen and, um, or, you know, did he lead them out of Abraham's bosom yeah. into heaven? And, and the one thing that I wanted to end with, just thinking about the resurrection of Jesus, is how important it is. Because the resurrection gives us assurance that our sins are forgiven. It's God basically putting a stamp saying, not only can I say that I'll take away your sins, I can raise the dead to prove yeah. that it's done. This is this is me showing off my power. And um, I love that quote that says, oh, death where is your sting hell where is your victory you know and jesus being like not only did i say it's finished because it's my masterpiece of dying on the cross but now here comes the beat because i am risen again yeah you know raised to life and i and i am the first fruit showing that i can do it and i'm going to do it for you you know, that's one of those things, the, one of those scriptures that I'll, I always bring up in my life that, that gives me kind of a revival mm-hmm. is death, where is your sting? Yes. I've just got to remember, this is this mm-hmm. is such a small segment compared yeah. to what Jesus has for me. Yeah. And, and Paul goes into that in 1 Corinthians 15 where he's like, okay, so if Jesus didn't raise, there's no forgiveness. And if he didn't raise, then we have no hope like non-believers. Yeah. But the fact is, and he goes, but God did raise, you know, he said, Jesus did rise from the dead. And, um, now we are justified because of that. And so I want to close with this one statement that I found that I thought was really pertinent. It said the raising of a few and not all of the saints shows that Jesus has power to resurrect, but also points forward to the second coming and judgment of Jesus Christ, which will include all those whose names are written in the book of life by faith in the grace of God. Knowing that Jesus has died and conquered death through his resurrection ought to hasten our desire to repent and trust in him alone for salvation so we too can one day be resurrected in the twinkling of an eye. And and that's really where this weird in the word leaves us is going, was this a divine preview of what's to come? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> you know, was it just a show of his power? Was it that ripple effect that uh, just kind yeah. of flowed out of the tomb when um, he, you know, rose to life on that early Sunday morning. I don't know. Like the woman who just reached out and touched his cloak yeah, and was healed. Yeah. Just his mere presence yeah. did that. Who touched me? His resurrected yeah. presence just did it. Yes. Yeah. I. Who knows? Honestly, that's the one that just like, man. That gives me goosebumps. Yeah, it resonates with me. And I don't want to be like, I, I felt it, so it's true. But <laughs> yes. it just like... In this instance, we we can only speculate, but it just it's cool. I like that yeah, one the best. Me too. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Tell us what you think. What do y'all think it was? Yeah, please. Right we'd, in. We'd love to hear uh your feedback. Yeah. For sure. And thank you for joining us on another Weird in the Word. I love doing yeah, these. I really yeah. do. They're they're the ones that always I get in my study corner and I'm just like 
once I get the ball rolling, I'm just like, man, I've got the red, the, like the tacks <laughs> in the wall with the red line going yes, across yeah, the map. And, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of, for me, it's like the uh, Jim Carrey figures as he's um, Bruce Almighty, as he's responding to the emails. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, you know. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's hilarious. Our lives are memes. Yes. Have it no other way. Yeah. So if you would like to respond and tell us your thoughts, you can send us an email at connect at com, or you can also reach out to us through Facebook. That's right. And don't forget, y'all have the uh, ability to reach out to us and give us topic ideas, uh, show ideas, profiles, all sorts of stuff. Yes. And we, we'd love to hear those from you because... We're a community here, but we're we're doing this for listeners out there, and we need to know what y'all want to hear, what mm-hmm. y'all want to, what y'all want to know about in God's word. So please reach out. And thank you for those of you that have left reviews. Uh, it's really encouraging to see some of the words that you say. We're um, very blessed by that because we're just trying to do what God is calling us to do, yeah. and it really um, lifts our spirits to see some of the nice, really cool things that y'all have said about this podcast. Yeah, it's really uplifting. Thank you, guys. Yes. Uplifting! That's the word I was looking for, so... Oh, uh, yeah. You're welcome. It's I, a miracle I, I was able to produce <laughs> that <laughs> on my uh, track record in the last five minutes. <laughs> Once again, we come to the episode and our brains are fried. Yeah, yeah. that's what the weird in the words do to us. That's right. So, hey, if you have a weird in the word, please suggest it and we will try to get to it as quickly as we can that's right so snake birds always remember whatever you do wherever you go no matter what life throws at you there's never been a better time to follow the words of jesus and remember that jesus is the resurrection and the life and be a snake bird Who changed the teleprompter? (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) The realm of God. And freedom through Christ. So spread out your wings. And slither in place. Slither. (laughs) Slither in place. Slather in place. Slather that butter on. Hey there, welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name's Josh. And I'm Steve. Together we invite you to join us. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> did, did, that, did that come out funny? Yeah, it did. Okay, okay. I can't, I, I'm trying to change it up every now and oh, then, okay. but, but it did sound <laughs> funny. Hey there, welcome. <laughs> I'm Steve. <laughs> and I am... I am Maximus. <laughs> okay. Reminds me of just the simple Groot. Yeah. <laughs> I am Groot. I am Groot. Hey there, welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name's Josh. And I'm Steve. Together we and Did having, I do it again? No, no, okay. I'm reading my own name. Like, oh, like okay. I need that cue. Okay. Hey there, welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. Okay. We can do this. I believe in us. We can. <laughs>